is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports. I am your host, Will Feller, and today we are talking about Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Don't worry, Davis is still here. This isn't going to turn into another solo showdown for me. This is just kind of a topic that I wouldn't say is really debatable. I mean, I guess we could debate if it's real or not, but this is kind of going to be more like a conspiracy theory style. So, there's really not much to debate, so I'm going to ride solo for this one. Kind of just to, at the end of it, kind of going to ask you guys to see if you guys think it's real or not. Wilt Chamberlain's a 100-point game. Now, I'm sure if you are a fan of the NBA, you know that Wilt Chamberlain is the only person to ever score triple digits in a basketball game. He scored 100 points on March 2nd, 1962. The only other player that has even came close to that is Kobe Bean Bryant with 81 before we get more into the conspiracy, though, follow our social medias. If you're not, what are you doing? Instagram and Twitter, DW Sports with two S's on the end. Snapchat and TikTok is DW underscore sports. And our email is DW Sports Show at gmail.com if you have any questions. But back to the conspiracy. Like I said, Wilt's the only person that's ever scored triple digits in a basketball game. Kobe scored 81 against the Raptors in 2006, but it wasn't close to Will. So it was 19 points less. Kobe said after his 81-point game, which is the second highest scoring debut in NBA history, he just said there's not enough time. Like there's genuinely not enough time to score 100 points. Once I knew I was getting close to it, I tried my hardest to see if I could catch it, and I couldn't. And I... Guys, I think that this is going to be the most unbreakable record in basketball history. I think somebody's going to break the record at some point in NBA history of three-pointers made in the game. I think they're going to break the record of most assists in a game at some point. But I don't think that anybody would score 100 points in today's game. I'm not saying they're guys that couldn't. Because there are guys that could score 100. Don't get me wrong. If Kevin Durant had Kyrie Irving hurt, James Harden hurt, literally all of his teammates hurt except for like the practice squad players, the G League players, and they had to be called up to play for this one game, an important game, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, and it's Kevin Durant and the G League team for the Brooklyn Nets against their finals opponent in Game 7. And Kevin Durant, if you wanted to decide to say, you know what, I'm not letting this slip away from us. I don't care. We have a bunch of guys that probably need a little bit more work to be in this situation. So, guys, I want you to give me the ball every single possession and let me do my thing. If that happened and Kevin Durant took a shot almost, almost every possession, I'm talking like, Five to ten shots, five to ten possessions that the Nets took without Kevin Durant shooting. That's what I'm talking about. I think that then he could possibly score 100 points, but I don't think anybody would ever do that. I don't think anybody's ever going to need to be in that situation. But back to Wilt's 100-point game and why some people think it's fake. March 2nd, 1962, the first thing that some people think is a little fishy about it, is I know it was 1962, guys, but 
there were still cameras in 1962, right? I mean, I've seen footage of Wilt Chamberlain in high school. I've seen footage of Oscar Robertson in high school because I'm an Indiana guy. Oscar Robertson went to high school in Indiana. And so obviously, I'm, I haven't seen like full high school games of them, but I've seen clips of them. So I know that there's an ability to record somehow back when Wilt was playing in the 60s. And people also knew that. They knew if you're recording these guys in the 1950s, why can't you record an NBA game in the 1960s? There was only a radio broadcast out, and in that radio broadcast, you can hear the announcer say, Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points late in the fourth quarter. So people think that it's fishy because... There's no known footage of it. There's less than 5,000 people in attendance at the game. And there are a few mixed-up stories along the way between Wilt and his coach, which I'm going to be dropping a YouTube video about this as well um, this week. My camera died, so I can't really record this show and put it on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify all at the same time. So I'm going to make a whole separate YouTube video. It's pretty late at night anyways when I'm recording this. So um, I'll, have some, I'll try to make it diverse as possible. I'll have a little bit um, more information in the YouTube video, you know, a little bit um, more information in here that I wouldn't say in the YouTube video and more information on the YouTube video that I didn't say on here. So make sure to tune into both because – this is probably one of my favorite basketball conspiracies in the history of the NBA. Another thing that's fishy that people think about is the final of this game was 169. Yes, 169 to 147. The Philadelphia Warriors, I know the Warriors were in Philadelphia at that time. Scored 169 points in one, and I know Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 of those, but if you guys talk about Wilt Chamberlain playing against janitors, how come the Knicks, who were the second worst team in the NBA at the time, score 147? I mean, there was still defense back then, but if players weren't as good, then no matter how good or bad the defense is, they shouldn't be scoring 147 points. So... That's my first thought is you guys always say that people in the 60s aren't as good because they played with janitors, which I just, you know, obviously they're not as good as, as guys in today's game. And I'm not saying that, but saying that they played against janitors, like, come on, they're still the best guys in the world at that time. They still scored 147 points and they're the second worst team in basketball. So... There's got to be at least some talent there. You know what I mean? And for God's sake, Wilt Chamberlain this year averaged 50 points. 50 points and 25 rebounds, I think it was, that year. In the 61-62 season. 50 points and 25 rebounds and he didn't even win MVP. But we're also on MVP. And this guy averaged 50. You know what the modern NBA would be like if somebody averaged 50 points and they didn't win MVP? I mean, there would be riots all around the NBA. There would be riots. 
if somebody dropped 50 points and didn't win MVP, that's blasphemy. So 50 points, 50 and 25 and didn't win MVP, but some key names during the NBA during this time. We have obviously Wilt Chamberlain. Bill Russell was in the league as well. Elgin Baylor and Oscar Robertson in his second year in the NBA. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because it's important to know the state of the NBA at this time. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Oscar Robertson. They were like the life of the NBA. They were the four main guys in the NBA at the time. And... Most people in the United States wanted to watch Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball was around since the late 1800s, and so it had already been around for a long time, and that's what attracted most sports fans in the 1960s and 70s. The NBA wanted to attract something that would make people want to watch their league, kind of build up some money to compete with Major League Baseball because the NFL hadn't had its merger yet. Super Bowl one wasn't even a thing. The Packers hadn't won their first Super Bowl. So people who think that Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game was fake think that the NBA did this just to try to build up money and to try to get more viewers because there was no TV broadcast and all they had to do was tell the radio broadcaster that Wilt scored 100 points and put it in the newspaper and make Wilt take a picture holding up a paper with 100 written on it and spread that to the world. And before you come at me and say, you think it's fake? No, I don't think it's fake. I think it's real. I'm just stating arguments from both sides. People that think it's fake and people that think it's real. But let's go back to the final score for a minute. 169 to 147, there was no three-point line at the time. There was only free throws, which were one still, and just anything else besides a free throw was two, whether that was a layup or a full-court shot. It was just a two-point shot. And these guys still managed to put up 169 points and 147. You don't even see that today in the modern NBA. And shooters are everywhere. You got guys like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, who were just lights out three-point shooters, and they can't even do that. And the time limit was still the same. There's 48 minutes in today's game. There's 48 minutes back then. So why was this so high scoring of a game? Well, here's an argument to the side where it's real. When Wilt Chamberlain was going off, he said that his teammates, whether they were guarded or they were wide open, kept feeding him the basketball. It doesn't matter if they had a wide open layup, a wide open, I guess, three-point shot. There wasn't a three-point line, so we'll just say three-point range. Or if they were contested, they were literally just force-feeding Wilt Chamberlain because they know that he was going off and literally everybody in that stadium, besides the New York Knicks, we'll get to that later, wanted him to score 100 points. Now, how did the Knicks score 147 points? Towards the end of the game, when Wilt was getting close, the Knicks kept fouling the Warriors, and 
the Warriors kept fouling the Knicks back in order to shoot free throws back and forth. And if you guys don't know this name, you guys probably don't. The Knicks' best player at this time was Richie Guerin on that 27-45 and 45 team. He's not a legend or anything, but if you're a diehard NBA fan, I'm just curious to know if any of you guys know that name. Richie Guerin was the Knicks' key player at the time. And he kind of, I wouldn't say led his team because they were terrible, but let's just say that he was their key player. And even if Wilt was dominating, you know, if you think of a dominating performance, you think of like Shaq in the post. You think of MJ dropping 63 in the playoffs. Giannis dropping 50 in Game 6 of the NBA Finals this year. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way. You think of those types of performances. Even if you have a dominant performance... You would never think that anybody would even get close to 100. Kobe's the only one that's ever done that. It's even came within 20 points of it. So, Wilt Chamberlain, how did you manage to score 100 points in this scenario? Well, the Knicks, the terrible New York Knicks, Second worst team in basketball, 27 and 45, are missing their starting center, Phil Jordan, due to flu like symptoms. He said they were flu like symptoms, Phil Jordan did, but his teammates begged to differ, and they were told that he was out drinking the last yesterday night or last night, and he was just hungover. And the New York Knicks team didn't like that he wasn't going to play in the game because he made a bad decision going out, getting drunk, and now he's hungover and can't play in the game and lied to everybody and said that he had flu-like symptoms. So their starting center was already out against Wilt Chamberlain, who's 7-1 and a top three player in basketball. I know I named four earlier, but Oscar Robertson – he was the assist leader that year, but I wouldn't say that he was established as Elgin Baylor, Bill Russell, or Wilt Chamberlain quite yet as a sophomore in the NBA. So the Knicks were missing Phil Jordan, their starting center. So who took over for Phil Jordan? Well, that would be Mr. Daryl Emhoff. He took over for Phil Jordan. And believe it or not, Daryl Emhoff had had an all-star uh selection prior to that year so this guy could actually play now there weren't as many teams in the NBA there wasn't even close to 30 teams in the NBA as there are now but this guy if you have an all-star experience all-star um anything today three-point contest dunk contest that's still impressive back then it was like a phenomenon because you didn't have any of that crap except for the All-Star game. And Daryl Emhoff was selected for the All-Star game one year. Well, there were so many free throws in this game, guys. So many free throws. I don't think you guys understand. Wilt Chamberlain shot 28 for 32 at the line that game. And I'll explain in just a minute why people who think it's fake think that that's really, really sketchy. But Daryl Emhoff, who took over for Phil Jordan... 
did not have a way to guard Wilt Chamberlain. Like, he didn't know what to do. I mean, Daryl M. Hoff was 6'11", but against a dominant guy like Wilt Chamberlain, who, if he got you down in the post, literally all he had to do was throw it over his shoulder, and he was probably going to score off the glass. Daryl M. Hoff got in foul trouble pretty early in the game and only played 20 out of the 48 minutes. That's right. He played less than half the game. and this is, We're talking about their backup center here. I mean, come on. Now you got to bring in a third-string center. And the Knicks didn't have another true center on the roster to guard this man, Wilt Chamberlain. Daryl Emhoff was out. 20 minutes, fouled out. The third guy that took over, his name was Cleveland Buckner. He was a 6'9". That's right, 6'9". Rookie. Rookie. A 6'9 rookie. That would be like either a really small power forward in today's game or a really tall shooting guard. Not shooting guard, I'm sorry. Small forward in today's game. And this guy had to step into a game and guard Wilt the Still, a 7-1 giant. After their starting guy went out the night before knowing he had to play Wilt Chamberlain the next day, got drunk and was hungover and didn't feel like playing. And then the guy that's in front of you only played 20 minutes due to foul trouble. And this guy, Cleveland Buckner, didn't even get any playing time prior to that. It's not like he was even playing. The only reason he played is because Imhoff got in foul trouble. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's real. Because if you look into context really deeply, it's like, okay. I don't think he would have dropped 100 if Phil Jordan was on him the whole game. And I'm not saying Phil Jordan would make all the difference in the world for the New York Knicks. But 100? Imagine. Imagine this. Two of your guys come up to you in the locker room and say, bro, we just got 100 points dropped on us because you decided to go out the night before and get drunk, and now you, now you don't feel like playing. And we got 100 dropped on us by a 7-1 giant. 100. Like, I would be so mad if one of my teammates ever did something bad and said they had a sickness that really wasn't a sickness and I had to guard some stud and got like 20 or 30 dropped on me. I would be furious about that. But a hundred, I mean, dear Lord. So if you look at it that way, how Will, his stats during the first half, it didn't look like he was on his way to a hundred whatsoever, uh, more of when Emhoff played, but when Cleveland Buckner took over, that's just when Wilt was just going off. I mean, Buckner couldn't do anything, but I mean, he tried to play straight up defense. Whenever he did that, Wilt probably scored, and he shot thirty two free throws, so he got fouled a lot. Let's go back to the opposition. People who think that Chamberlain's one hundred point game is fake. Wilt Chamberlain. Shot 36 for 63 field goals on this day. Nobody has ever, ever shot more than 50 field goals attempts ever since that game. Wilt shot 63, and ever since then, nobody shot 50 or more. 
ever since 1962. The only person that came close to doing that was Michael Jordan, who shot 49 times in 93. But other than that, nobody's ever dropped 50-plus field goals. And not only did he shoot 36 for 63 from the field, he was 28 for 32 at the line. And you're like, okay, what what does that have to do with anything? Well, people from the opposition, this is probably their main argument about this. Something, they think something might have happened with the stat guy or Will was just making this up and telling everybody this or it got around somehow because Wilt Chamberlain, he shot 51% from the line on his career. 51%. So in reality, if he shot 32 free throws, he really should have made 16 or 17 since it's technically 51%. 17 for 32. And this guy knocked down 28 for 32, which is, if I can do the math in my head correctly, it's 87.5%. I mean, honestly, the opposition has a point there, but still, everybody has that one day where They're just knocking down shots. Everybody has that one day where you feel like you just can't miss from the line. And Wilt said, I guess I just got lucky that day. Because never again will he have a game in his career where he shoots 28 for 32 at the free throw line. So there's 28 of his points from the free throw line right there. And the rest were just two-point buckets. And that's one reason why... The opposition thinks that this is all sketchy. 51% on his career, and they scored 169 points with no three-point line. Some people in that situation are going, hmm. And you got, and the state of the NBA at the time, some people are saying, did this really happen? Or, or are they just making this up to try to make up something crazy? Now, I truly believe during the radio broadcast, I don't think that the NBA would have taken it that far to the point where they tell the radio broadcaster, you know, when the Warriors have the ball, make up something and say that Wilt scores a lot. If somebody else scores, say that Wilt scored. If there's a miss, say that Wilt scored because we want this guy to score 100. Some people have an argument as well that exact, it's exactly 100 points. If this guy missed one more free throw, it's 99. It's not 100. And so honestly, I think that's kind of a stupid argument towards the opposition if they think that scoring exactly 100 points is sketchy. But, I mean, it's just what God did. Like, God made this record a 100-point game, baby, most of all time. It's something phenomenal, and I, I truly believe that this is real. Um, especially, guys, because Wilt Chamberlain, if you, if you ask any guy on the Knicks or the Warriors or any fan, obviously most of them are probably dead now. Like I'm sorry to say, but they probably are. But if anybody's still alive that was there, you'll hear them say Wilt Chamberlain legitimately scored 100 points. Like, the NBA didn't do anything. 
it was just fine. Wilt Chamberlain was scoring just at will that game. I mean, he literally scored 100 points on Cleveland Buckner, who was a 6'9 rookie in 1961 and 1962. Now, why did Will get so many attempts at the free throw line? Like I said earlier, and I'm going to come back to this, once he Will started going off against Cleveland Buckner, the Knicks knew, like, this guy was getting close to 100 points, and the Knicks were terrible, like I've said a million times. So at that point in the game, the Knicks weren't even focused on winning the game. They were focused on keeping Will from scoring 100 points. Like, imagine... That's another thing. Imagine if something happened in today's NBA. Um, If you didn't even play to win the game, you just played to keep somebody from scoring a certain amount of points. And so Will's teammates, no matter if they were guarded or wide open, they force-fed them the ball. Whether they had a wide-open layup or a wide-open shot from three-point range at the time because there wasn't a three-point line. Everybody was focused in that stadium of was Wilt going to get 100 points or not. Most of the stadium wanted him to. Obviously, his team wanted him to, and the Knicks did not. So his teammates, his Warriors teammates, Wilt, were wide open, and they kept force-feeding him the ball, and Wilt would lay it in and either get fouled and go to the free-throw line. The New York Knicks didn't like this. So what they did is they kept fouling other Warriors players other than Wilt Chamberlain. That way they had to go to the free throw line to shoot free throws. Well, the Warriors, what they did to counter it was they wanted as much time on the clock for Wilt to score 100 as he could because... Wilt scored his 100th point, I think, with like 49 seconds to go or something. But the Warriors players kept fouling the Knicks players to make them shoot free throws. And so basically, it was just a game back and forth of these two teams fouling each other to make sure that Wilt got 100 points and then to make sure he didn't get 100 points. Obviously, there are some times where the game had to speed up, and so the Knicks didn't end up fouling him some possessions when Wilt scored. But overall, that's why they scored so many points, because it was just free throw after free throw after free throw. And again, these guys weren't as good as the people in today's NBA, but they're still the best in the world. These guys could still knock down free throws back in the 60s. So it was just free throw after free throw after free throw, and that's how it was such a high-scoring game. Wilt Chamberlain said, honestly, I wish I, I would have passed my teammates more in that game because now when he looked back at it before he died, he was like, I was kind of selfish. I, I probably should have passed it. I probably shouldn't have tried to go for 100, but it is what it is now. Another, and the last sketchy thing I'm going to talk about of the opposition today is Bill Russell said that it was one of the greatest things he's ever seen in his life. And don't worry, I do have more opposition takes on the YouTube video that I'm purposely not saying on this, so you guys have to go watch the YouTube video. I'm doing that on purpose. I know, it's evil, but I am. 
The last thing I'm going to say on here about the opposition of people who think that this game's fake is that Bill Russell said in a documentary about the under point game, it was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. But Bill Russell had a game. Bill Russell wasn't at that game. I don't know if he had a game that day or if he had a game the previous night or the the day after that, but Bill Russell was obviously in Boston and they were playing uh in her it was actually in Hershey, Pennsylvania is where this game was when he dropped a hundred. So he wasn't at the game. And some people are sketchy about that. I, when he said that, I think that he meant like witness in his lifetime when he saw that. I don't think that he meant like he was at the game and watched it live. I think that he meant like when I saw that, it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my lifetime. And Bill was a great player himself, much less a great coach. So do you guys, after listening to the show, think that Wilt's 100-point game was real? Or do you think it was fake? Again, we got a YouTube video coming on this topic as well with a little bit more information and a little bit more spiciness on this topic. Make sure to go follow our social medias like I said in the beginning. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Let me know if this is real or fake. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.